Hello and welcome to uh, the... Is this the fourth one? I think this is the fourth installment of Kendallcast Special Edition uh, Limited Series, uh, Who Cares About Halloween? Uh, I'm your host, Kendall, and with me this week is Jordan. Hello. And today we are going to be talking about the classic, classic new Scooby-Doo movies episode, Mystery of of Mystery of Haunted Island, in which Scooby and the gang... Meet the Harlem Globetrotters for the third time. Uh, I meant for us to watch the one where they meet it for the first time, but uh, I was confused. And but that's okay because this is a this is a fun little a fun little episode. So Jordan, what uh, what's your history with Scooby Doo? So I definitely remember growing up watching like various episodes a little bit on. I don't think I caught any. Um, on like Saturday morning when they was like on ABC or CBS because those were mostly in the 70s and like by the <laughs> 80s they yeah well by the 80s they were they were off uh, mm-hmm. but but growing up I used to watch a lot of uh, USA Network's like Cartoon Express thing at the mm-hmm. beginning like mm-hmm. before before Cartoon Network started showing a lot of Hanna Barbera stuff and they showed so much Scooby Doo stuff including like the Laugh Olympics and all kinds of Hanna Barbera stuff because you know. USA Network is also kind of owned by Turner, so that's they use that there. So I mean, there was like the funny thing was is that I don't think they ever ever really showed anything in any kind of chronological order, or or made like any sense of anything. So like one day I'd be watching uh, one of the original like you know old Scooby Doo Where Are You cartoons where they're like fighting the creeper or like have to f- solve the thing with the creeper and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then the next, next day it's a new Scooby-Doo movie and they're powering around with Batman and Robin. And then I mean, the, it was, <laughs> and then the next day Scrappy-Doo shows up and then, yeah. And, 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 and Fred and Velma aren't there. And then another time it's, uh, it's, uh, the 13 ghosts of Scooby-Doo. <laughs> or like I there think- was that, or there was that, that, uh, season where Shaggy ate the Scooby snacks. Yeah, I think that was. Oh, that had. To, I think that was the one with Scrappy. Oh, okay. Wait, no, no, wait, because I think I remember. I think it was Fred and Velma who also used that as an ex- on him. So, because mm-hmm. I I definitely remember seeing that uh, the episodes with Scrappy like didn't have Fred and Velma for some reason. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, you you can only have so many uh, so many character models or whatever. That's actually actually that's the thing I I watched. Um, this, and then I watched, uh, some other Scooby-Doo episodes and a Flintstones episode just to get, you know, <laughs> kind of back in the mindset of old Hanna-Barbera cartoons. And there are never any crowds in any of those old shows. Like it is always the core, like four or five characters and maybe like one extra character. And that is, those are the only character models that they have. It's kind of interesting too, because they have a game later on in this episode and, the crowd is very flat. Yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah, that's that's true. I mean, the fa- the fact that yeah, the fact that this episode actually was able to have five basketball players and five opposing basketball players, like that's that's actually a that's actually a lot. You know, it's it's I guess that's because this is the new Scooby Doo movies. They were you know high budget and stuff. Yeah, that's what I was thinking as well. But an interesting thing I found out that I did not realize at the time is that apparently Hanna-Barbera did a lot of uh, show tie-in cartoon spin-offs. Mm-hmm. And 
that includes they had a Globetrotters cartoon. Yeah, I saw that. I was it's on YouTube. I was I was so close to watching it and I just kind of didn't. So, I mean, I think that helped helped them at least in some production sense because they at least had uh cells or an animation team that already did the characters mm. on one side of the studio. Yeah. Yeah, that makes that would make Cause, sense. Cuz as far as I know, like the cartoon the cartoon has these exact same characters. And I mean, I think I think they did that a lot too with the movies too, because they also did crossovers with uh, their other things like Speed Buggy and uh, Josie and the Pussycats mm. and stuff. So it wasn't really hard for them to just like, okay, the team that's been working, like I think they really did just kind of had like a specific team doing each each cartoon at a time, and so it wasn't just hard. It's just they just had them do it concurrently. Right, right, yeah that that makes that makes perfect sense. All right, so uh, yeah, I mean. My uh, my history with uh, Scooby Doo, I'm sure that I saw it randomly on USA or or over the air or whatever rerun, random reruns because I feel like they were kind of everywhere uh, growing up. But mostly, I remember um, in the early days of Cartoon Network, just just all day long they would have uh, Hanna Bar old Hanna Barbera cartoons and just just watching all of them. Uh, I actually, I specifically remember it now. I don't, I don't know if I'm getting my timelines crossed here, but like today I was watching an episode. I watched an episode of a pup named Scooby-Doo uh, to see if the show is as good as I remember. And it's very formulaic, but it's still, still really, it's still really fun. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, wa- I watched that and I made myself like frozen, uh, frozen mini corn dogs and tater tots. And I was like, this is like my childhood. <laughs> Although in, in all honesty, probably by the time I was staying home alone and, and making myself uh, frozen meat products, uh, I probably was a little bit older and I probably wasn't actually watching reruns of, of the Scooby-Doo movies, but still like definitely felt like my childhood there for, for a little bit. Um, so do you have it? Do you have any uh, trivia you want to share uh, Jordan before we dive into the episode? I couldn't find anything very specific to like like trivia wise, but there was one neat little thing that I found out that I thought was neat. Anyways, was that since uh, most like most things of this puts this in like a second season, like uh, like mo- some things at least put it as like this is like the second season of right, them, even right. though there really was just like twenty four episodes they did. Uh, so the opening is actually redone a little bit, and I kind of like caught it after like when i first when i first watched it i was like listening on like some of those sound effects sound off but uh and that's because they're just they just basically placed in new scenes in the thing mm. the cover-ups on the other ones like in the first like what is technically like the 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 first season uh the opening has more shows more of the uh guest stars that they've had mm-hmm. like they would show like uh batman and robin and laurel hardy and stuff like that but since, like, I think it was, like, only eight episodes that count as the second season, and they only had, like, a very few of the people show up, they were like, nah, we're not going to show who the guests are, so it can be, so we don't have to worry about, like, if people asking about them. Mm. That's that's <laughs> interesting, because the, uh, the version that they play on Amazon Prime does have guest stars in it. It, uh, it actually shows, like, a lot of the Addams Family. Is that the yeah. first season one, or is that the <laughs> second season one? Yeah, that's that's definitely part of the first season one. Okay, yeah, it makes makes sense because they just 
you know, I, yeah, they only have only 14 of the episodes are, uh, available. I, I like to share how, how we watch, how I watch these shows on these <laughs> things, because I always hate it when I listen to like a random rewatch podcast and I have no idea how to watch the show. So I watched it with, um, with, um, with the boom. I did the boomerang free trial on, uh, Amazon prime and, and, uh, yeah. And, and then yes, it's also various nefarious sites. Uh, yeah. if you, if you actually, if you search, if you search by name, um, you can, you can find it fairly easily, but, but it is legitimately available, uh, either for purchase on Amazon prime or, uh, or like, uh, as, as an add on to your Amazon prime, uh, which, you know, is maybe is worth it. If you like, uh, if you like the old Hanna-Barbera episodes and stuff they're they're there. All right. Uh, yeah. The only piece of trivia on IMDb is that this was Eddie Rochester Anderson's last role. He played, uh, Bobby Joe BJ Mason, um, who was one of the Harlem Globetrotters, but I couldn't tell you which one. Um, cause they all kind of, they kind of come across as like, there's the, there's, there's Meadowlark is the main one. And, um, Curly, who's like Curly, his, his foil to his, his, uh, yeah. Yeah. And then the rest of them kind of all blend together in this. Like um, you have the short one, the, the, the large tank, like slow uh, in, in thing, but not slow, like in the head, just slow talking one and, right. and stuff like that. They're like, I mean, they all slow have... in the head. <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing I was going to say. Like, uh, rewatching this, I forgot how much, and I can only say, guess it's like vaudevillian. Yeah. The jokes and the things that go on are. Yeah. I mean, and uh, I was like, I was like kind of bracing myself for it being a little bit racist. And I mean, having, you know, having dumb, dumb uh, African American characters. There probably is some, there probably are some elements of racism there, but it really mostly felt to me like it remind. it was very reminiscent of three stooges. Yeah. Yeah. Very much. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, I actually like it's, it didn't, it didn't feel that problematic to me, but I also, I'm not, I don't have the best vocabulary for that. Uh, so apologies in advance. If I think anything racist is funny, um, but I don't think, yeah, like I said, I don't think there was anything. I mean, they were just card. Everyone was cartoon care. Everyone's cartoon characters in this. So, all right. So, uh, yeah, we pick up, uh, yeah, or let's, let's transition into the episode. Boop-a-doop-a. So we uh, we start out uh, with the gang. Scooby and the gang are on their way to Picnic Island for a picnic. But Scooby has eaten all the food except for one banana, and then he eats the banana. <laughs> and and also they run out of gas, which is not Scooby's fault. Like no, they did not eat the gas. <laughs> they're all very mad at Scooby for eating the food, but nobody's mad at Fred for not uh, filling up the tank before they left. Um, by the way, when I said like vaudevillian, uh, like jokes or patter or like a, a bit, 
this you can get it right away with the beginning where like where even Scoob like Shaggy says to Scooby like how could you sink so low and he immediately sinks back into the <laughs> to the to the picnic basket like picnic like basket, this. yeah they also a couple times when they're talking about the picnic basket they definitely say picnic basket like Yogi Bear yeah, yeah. um so they they decide to so they break down and they break down in front of an old rundown shack and they're like. Let's go into that shack. They probably have food and gas and or a phone that or whatever. And uh, of course, Scooby and Shaggy, rightfully so, are kind of like hesitant. <laughs> like I got a bad feeling about that. Um, and so they go in, and there's some hijinks where they they hear the some thumping, and uh, we see that it's uh, we see that it's a. Uh, uh, the, the Globetrotters are there. Uh, Thelma makes a joke, which is, which is a rare. She's like something that say that five times fast, something thumping, something thumping. Uh, and yeah, we Dang, see it's like, I'm not going to say that again or, or something like <laughs> yeah, I'm just getting out of here. Yeah. I'm, I'm getting out of here before I can, before I have time to say that. Yeah. Um, so they, uh, but, but we find that, yeah, the Globetrotters are practicing in the basement because they stumbled on this, abandoned shack and found that it was a, that the basement was a good place to play basketball. Um, and, uh, but not for jumping. Yeah, but not. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Lots of fun things. I really liked the, uh, I really liked where they're both pulling on the door from both sides. Both groups are pulling on the door. They're like the door's stuck. Uh, that was kind of, kind of clever. And, uh, so yeah. So, uh, Fred says, Oh, it's our old friends, the Globetrotters, because, Apparently this is the third time they've met and I chose to have us watch the wrong episode. Um, I think that's actually kind of, I can't remember cause I haven't watched the other episodes, but they kind of act like they've always known each other. Oh, okay. A lot of times. Like I'm pretty sure in the Batman and Robin one, they act like, Hey, it's bat." which I mean, in a sense, I guess in a world if where superheroes are around and they actually exist, I mean, you would know who Batman and Robin are. Right. Right. You know, but but it still kind of seemed like they they like knew them like hey we we went to uh, like this dinner party together at one time kind of thing. Well, do you think? I mean, I mean, in all honesty, the uh, Scooby and the gang uh, solve a mystery every week. You know, yeah. they probably got their name in the paper. Maybe they uh, got the key to the city at the same time, or they uh, they got backstage passes to see the Globetrotters or I backstage yeah. passes. Um. So I just realized this. I, I don't know. We don't have any listeners, but if we did, some of them might not know who the Harlem Globetrotters even are. Oh, gosh. I, I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Because, I, I mean, I think they still I think they're still around, um, but I, I feel like it's they're not as they're not as ubiquitous as they were even in the 90s. Um, yeah. Like, I think I definitely remember going seeing one of their their sh- uh, one of their uh, matches in the eighties when okay. I like, and for me to be old enough to remember that, that means it probably had to be close to like 89, uh, 90, mm-hmm. but, but that really was like the tail end. Like it, like it was just barely like staying on and it was not any of the characters like we see here. Like, yeah, yeah. With people with like crazy, like, or like nicknames that, that were very evocative or very, memorable it was right, just right. you know harlem go trotters as a whole well so they still have a website okay 
you know, there might be people who recognize him from that one episode of Futurama. Yeah, I was gonna bring. I was actually gonna mention that. Uh, that's because we had. I I put out the call. Not I didn't even ask for questions on Twitter. I, I asked if anybody wanted to join us on Twitter, and uh, and somebody asked me if they referenced this episode in any of the in any of their Futurama appearances. So I did watch their main Futurama appearance where they screw up the timeline or where uh, Farnsworth screws up the timeline because he has. They show up. The Harlem Globetrotters are, are like an alien race that's descended from basketball players or something. And uh, yeah, shenanigans ensue. But aside from just the fact that the Harlem Globetrotters were on a cartoon show, they don't make they don't really make any direct references. So yeah, they definitely still exist. Uh, you can buy tickets. Tickets are now on sale uh, for the, for the Harlem Globetrotters. But what they are. Oh wow! They are going to be they are going to be in Columbus, Ohio, on December thirtieth. Oh, cool! <laughs> that's that's where I am. Uh, so they still tour, um, but yeah, basically, what they are is a sort of it's it's almost like professional wrestling, but basketball. Like yeah, it's uh, it's a entertainment sport event. Yeah, and they play against they usually play against the uh, the I think it's the Washington Nationals. Mm-hmm. Who are le- and they and basically they you know they they do do tri- do tricks with their basketballs and stuff and uh yeah I mean you've you if you've seen them like what describe what they what they do well they it's it's literally like a comedic basketball thing like they mm-hmm. will clown they clown and joke on the the team they play against and sometimes they will do things like you know fancy footwork to pass the ball between each other or or pretend to do uh, stunts or stuff like that to just like fake them out, and the whole idea is just that it's supposed to be like them clowning on on the other team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's actually uh, on the current roster there are okay they were all at the top. There are one, two, three, four, four women um, on the roster of. Let's see, 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 33, looks like. Uh, I should have done this research before we actually started <laughs> recording. I realized that I had forgotten. But but I think they were more popular in this. I mean, obviously, they had a TV show in the 70s. And then, like, in the 90s, I feel like they were constantly advertising on on Fox Kids. And they had, like, yeah, that, that whistling kind of theme, that. the... Yeah, a sweet, sweet Georgia Brown. Oh, it was, oh, okay. It's yes, that would make sense. That it's it's actually a song. Yeah, <laughs> but but yeah, da 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 da. But yeah. yeah, like they would they would do like little things too, where they'd get the like they would joke, like they would bounce around the 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 referee to try and like trick him not seeing them doing uh-huh. stuff. Uh-huh. Uh, I know, like in between uh, quarters, sometimes they would. The the like one of their famous things was like spinning a ball on on their f- fingers, but then sometimes they would bring like someone from the audience, like a kid, and, and just get them to like like they would start the ball and then they would bounce it on them and have them uh, spin it for for the for everyone, which was kind of nice. Like it was it was just like it was like a nice show. It was like a great uh, sports event to take kids to. Yeah, 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 and it it apparently still is because yeah they're they're yeah. still they're still touring. Yeah, there's a bit in uh, How I Met Your Mother. Where uh, 
uh, Jason Siegel's character wears a go, goes to a uh, a Harlem Globetrotters game with a Washington Nationals jersey and basically is like yell you know like yelling every time they break a rule you know like oh uh, they do like traveling or like he's yeah like really ref you're not gonna call that you know. <laughs> Uh, really really falling into the the pageantry that <laughs> exactly, that, it, that exactly. is that is this game <laughs> so uh okay so back to yeah back to the episode <laughs> yeah uh so um they basically they invite the harlem globetrotters to come with them fortunately the harlem globetrotters had extra gas for them uh apparently and um and extra food and extra soda and a padlock for the uh, picnic basket, <laughs> which Scooby was very mad about. Yeah, yeah. Um, but unfortunately, they've missed the boat to the. Uh, they've missed the picnic island queen, uh, and somebody switches the sign and puts it in front of the haunted island queen. I also like how these two boats are just right by each other in the dock. Like this is one goes right after the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and the uh, and the fact that like. I just real we're gonna have to we're gonna have to come back to uh this I'm gonna make a note that there's a plot hole here or okay. or something that doesn't make sense but I, I wanna I wanna wait until we get there uh so um so yeah they they got on the boat um and realized that there's nobody on board the boat uh and uh and yeah they and the boat sort of the plank goes up and the boat starts to sail off on its own they think they're adrift. Uh, somebody sees that it's called the that it, that the ship is called the Haunted Island Queen. Um, uh, yeah, this is where this is where we really start to see some of the goofiness of the of the Globe Trotters. Uh, you know, who would name a rusty old steamboat uh, after a queen? And some it might have been a might have been a rusty old queen. Um, let's see. Uh, Scooby and Shaggy are going to swim to shore, but, uh, the, the, the main who kind of becomes the main, uh, one member of the Harlem Globetrotters, uh, is this, uh, George Meadowlark Lemon. Um, he, uh, yeah, he, he basically says, no, this, there's sharks and swordfish and barracudas, octopus and everything else. So, uh, uh, we find out that Scooby can fly. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, cause Scooby jumps over and sees a swordfish pop out and basically swings his arms enough to get back on board the ship. Um, let's see. And, uh, yeah, sort of, uh, let's see. Uh, metal arc kind of takes charge of, uh, of the boat calls himself Christopher Columbus, Christopher Columbus metal arc lemon or something like that. Uh, and, uh, I think Curly Joe's there. Like he's like, but Christopher, you know, how, like you can't be as good as Christopher Columbus. It's like, well, yeah, well, I can play basketball. And he's like, well, Christopher Columbus didn't play basketball. He's like, see, yep. I'm already better than him. Yep. And he, and uh, this is this was like the first like huge animation error that I saw, but I was just like, I don't know, because he draws he he grabs a basketball and he draws a world map on it and then starts spinning it on his finger. But when it cuts back to him spinning on the finger, the basketball is like four times the size that it was before. <laughs> it, it is a very weird perspective. <laughs> like maybe it's supposed to be really close to the camera, but it's still. Yeah. 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 No, no. The basketball is way too big. 
Uh, I mean, I the only thing I could think is that he's using his Harlem Globetrotters powers to make the basketball giant. Yes. Um, and he, yeah, he sort of sends everybody off to do different stuff. He tells uh, tells one of the Globetrotters to throw the to throw the anchor over the side. So so Speaking they of superpowers. Yes, yes, and this is the, like the strong guy pulls the anchor that is wrapped in a chain, including the thing that is that hooks it to the boat and throws it o- over the edge. He tells another one to to turn the ship around uh, or to turn the steering wheel around. And he pulls the steering wheel off and puts it on the other side of the of the post that's holding up the steering wheel. So they lose the steering wheel. So now they don't have steering or or a uh, an anchor. Uh, but luckily, down below, uh, Daphne and and uh, Thelma see that it's see that there's like a a bunch of machinery going. So the engine is directing them somewhere. And there's a pair of hands spinning a wheel, which. Uh, is is really interesting. We'll find out what when we find out how all this haunted stuff uh, is is happening. Yeah, we. I think we <laughs> forgot to mention how like when they were leaving the basement, there was like eyes looking through peepholes in the thing and are like laughing at them because they were saying like, "Well, we just need to get some rest and some relaxation before the game," and they're like, "That's what you think," and Whoa, like, yeah, like setting up that someone's following them or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And again, like we said, like when they missed the picnic island boat, the same voices kind of were talking when they moved the uh, the sign to this one to get them to go on this boat instead. So anyway, uh, they um, they they end up uh, and it cuts. I think at this point it kind of cuts away and there's some there's another set of hands that's holding a that's holding a telescope uh, and sees them coming uh, towards the island towards this island and. Uh, uh, it says something about it being a, a visit they'll never forget. Um, well, at some point, doesn't uh, Metal Ark show them the map of Haunted Island, and it's just like oh a, yeah, a scary yeah. skull face thing. Yeah, and and just it's just barely a skull face. It's mostly just yes. like a poorly drawn face. Yeah, yeah. My uh, my notes get a little less detailed here because I I'm bad at taking notes. So if I miss if I miss something, feel free to jump in. I, you you always do anyway. But I was just like. <laughs> My notes are really detailed here. And then I'm like, there's just a bunch of jokes. And then they go to a thing, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> which, which to be fair is like the second half of this. Once, once they get to the Island, it is just a, just a lot of joke after joke. Um, yeah. but so yeah, yeah. They, they see the map that is just a poorly drawn face, which to be fair, to be fair, if you were going to call something haunted Island and it was in the shape of a face, it it would be more likely that it was like just like vaguely in the shape of a face rather than like a scary skeleton like you normally see in situations like this. So yeah, maybe that's maybe that's where they were going for that. Um, yeah, but anyway, the ship heads towards uh, Haunted Island and they realize they're it's going to crash, so they all decide to abandon ship and like scramble to shore. Um, and uh, sort of yeah, sort of this is. I think they said so, they. I think the Globetrotters did say something about it when they were going on the picnic. They have an important game against the Scorpions tomorrow, and they need to make sure that they get enough sleep tonight. So they're like, "Oh, let's go up in that uh, mansion, and maybe they can, you know, let us sleep there." And uh, you know, let's go to let's go to that abandoned mansion on Haunted Island. I'm sure that that's <laughs> a perfectly safe place to go. And uh, 
I think at some point they says, yeah, it's probably just something they made up for tourists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something, yeah, a name they they just called it that to attract tourists, which actually makes perfect sense. I like, I do like. Uh, so one of the nice, one of the good things about Scooby Doo is that, with with very few exceptions, I think usually with the exception of like, I think some of the more modern day stuff actually has super supernatural things. But yeah, I think I think it also in the it's, it's in the Scooby Doo movies have as well it only depended on like the the guest stars because i think when you had the adams family or um like they also had like uh that genie and babu characters that was like a cartoon spin-off called genie that was actually supposed to be loosely based off of i dream of genie like <laughs> only then yeah i know weird is but anyways like only like only those kinds of episodes ever had any like actual like ghosts and goblins mm-hmm. or magic involved. Like anytime right. any all the other ones with like actual people, even with I'm pretty sure with Batman and Robin, nothing was actually like really supernatural. Man, I'm gonna need to watch the Batman and Robin episode. I think that's on I think that's on Boomerang. I, I don't know why I didn't. I should have. <laughs> That's uh and it's like because it's like Adam West and Burt Ward or Adam West and Casey Kasem, yeah. maybe. Uh but yeah, because Casey Kasem's already on the show. I think Casey Kasem was doing Robin's voice at that time because uh, he's not a kid anymore. If you've ever heard Burt Ward try to do the voice uh, <laughs> after he's an adult, it doesn't work nearly as well. Or like if you saw, did you ever see that they did like a, a it was like a Justice League pilot in the 70s uh, that it was where it was Bat, Batman. and But it was like uh, in this in universe with Adam West and Burt Ward. Have you, did you ever see that pilot? Well, I mean, I remember the Super Friends show. Well, this like, was this was live action. Oh, live action. So no, I don't think I did see it then. And it was it was like late seventies. So okay. Adam West and Burt Ward are like overweight. <laughs> and, yeah, it was very. It was something. I think they had like I think they had like uh, for the close ups they had like or, or like the body like bo- there were like body shots where they had like stunt doubles for him. But if you just saw them. They were like kind of, I mean, not overweight, overweight, but you know what I mean. Like they weren't. Yeah. They didn't look like Chris Evans. Yeah, they did. They did not look like the top physical specimen that Bruce Wayne is supposed to be. Yeah. As Batman. <laughs> but you know, it was the seventies. Um, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so they go into this. Uh, they go into this mansion. Uh, the there's a nice little bit where the Globetrotters won't go in unannounced, and they uh, they knock on the door by bouncing a basketball on the door. Which I thought was kind of was kind of silly. I think the and then the they bits, get attacked, and then they get attacked by bats, and they're just like announcing the ghost rovers and just charge in. Yeah, yep, yep. They announced they're coming in. Um, there's there's another bit that I like in this early in this in these scenes where uh, one of the globe trotters is creeped out by all the animal heads that they have mounted on the walls, and uh, you know what's what? Why are those things there? And that's like that is a perfectly reasonable question. Why did yeah. Why was that ever like a thing that you hung, especially Trophies, like tons of them, like, like yeah. maybe, maybe have like one. I mean, I don't know. I, I have a friend who, ha- whose dad has a trophy room mm-hmm. and like he's, he, cause he's, he's actually gone on safari and oh, there's, a, he, uh, I'm not going to get into it, but remind me sometime he has this great story about hunting a, a hippopotamus once, but uh, he actually like has like you know taxidermied and the heads and stuff like that, 
And I mean, it's kind of like, you know, like, well, yeah, haha. Like, uh, this is like how old people grew up on. Like, this is how you spend your wealth kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But the other side of it is that that room is also the guest room. So whenever (laughs) I stayed over or anyone stayed over, that's where they slept. So they basically slept in a room surrounded by stuffed animals and animal heads on the wall. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's like, uh, it's like a creepy doll room is is the same kind of thing. Yes. I think, I I wonder if, um, I mean, I I don't know, you know, I don't know how, you know, how far back our modern pop culture or whatever, like how this trope of the creepy room, uh, how far back that goes. But like, I kind of wonder if like these sort of baby boomer era things was like, that was when people were starting to realize that things that previous generations thought were pretty thought were cool or, or were pretty or whatever are actually actually have like a creepy element to them. And like, this is definitely an example of that. Like, yeah. 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 But, and of course, and of course these trophies are particularly bad because they're not actually, they're not just like animals. Like they're like creepy monster looking things. And so one of the Harlem Globetrotters, uh, hangs a picture, uh, on, on one, on one of the mounts. I love that too, where he's like, "Why don't they put pretty, pretty things on the walls, like pictures of us?" And just hang, hangs one up that he just happens to have. Yep, yep. Makes, I mean, makes sense. You know, he had they're they're about to go to a they're about to go to a big game. They got you know. Yeah, but it's already framed in a, a hangable photo frame. Right. So you got like like I have a I you know I got a picture of Johnny Cash that I got from a merch table um, in the '90s. Thinking back, it's like kind of crazy that I have it like. They were selling, uh, it was when I saw, I saw Johnny Cash in concert in the nineties and I, I guess he was kind of at the, like he was sort of making a comeback, but it was still like a relatively small show and they just had like, they were selling these autographed photos of Johnny Cash for $10 each and they were, yeah, they were in frames. I I think they were in, I think they came in frames pretty. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm pretty sure they did. So, you know, it was worth it for just the frame. Uh, but also it's an autograph photo of Johnny cash. So, you know, they just had, you know, from their merch stash. I mean, they said that they said that the only thing that they had in their suitcases were basketballs, but yeah. it would make sense. It would make sense that they had some merch. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, they, they, they're really starting to establish, like, we need to get some rest because we, we got this big game tomorrow. So let's, let's all, let's all divvy up the rooms and, Says the girls can stay in that room. Fred can stay in that room. Shaggy and Scooby can have that room. And then all six of us, <laughs> Harlem Globetrotters, will share one bed in this room. <laughs> and this is just another like super, super silly cartoony thing. Uh, they start they start saying, you know, good night. And they name off all of them. And then the next person says good night. And he names off all of them. And um, then eventually uh, Metal Ark says... I think just one good night all is, is probably enough. And, uh, and so they, they do that. And, uh, then they realize that there's a suit of armor in bed with them. Well, first they, uh, there's the six of them and like someone there, there is a suit of armor there, but they, someone's, they have this shot of people's, of their feet for yeah. some reason that yeah. I thought was really weird. I'm like, this isn't totally reprised, but, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, like uh, Metal Lark, I think bumps the the suit of armor's feet, and he's like, "Someone's feet are ice cold." And then like he actually like t- mm. taps part of it, and it's like and they didn't trim their fit, 
like toenails. And then they're like, something's up here. And then they actually start counting each other's uh they count feet. noses and then they count feet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, as far as this scene, like if you were gonna, if you were gonna extrapolate anything, not innocent, this would be the scene to, yeah, to discuss that. But Jordan, that's why it's just you and me on this podcast. We don't, yeah. we're, 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 we can rise past, we can move past that. Uh, <laughs> and actually I feel like, I feel like this scene came across very, like so innocent. Yeah. Um, that, that like clearly there was not anything yeah. weird going on. Like it, it was, it was just a really interesting cause like, uh, I think some, like some little kid shows like this is, this is the scene where you can really tell that this is aimed at little kids. Yeah. You know, you got, you got a bunch of people all saying good night to each other and sharing a bed, you know, and there's nothing, there's nothing weird about it. I mean, it's still weird. Well, they haven't changed their clothes. They just took their shoes and socks yeah, off. Yeah, but uh, anyway, so they get they get out of the bed because of the suit of armor, um, and uh, they basically they trick they trick. Uh, so we haven't mentioned that uh, Curly, um, who is the sort of ball guy uh, yeah. foil to Metalark's jokes. Yeah, yeah, he's he's bald. And metal are always make, they're constantly making jokes about him being bald. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and he's sort of a set, he's sort of the second main, uh, main globe trotter. Like he's the, the second most established one. He has a really annoying voice. <laughs> uh, but they, uh, but metal says, okay, we need a volunteer to check the bed, you know, for the, for the suit of armor. And, uh, you know, all volunteers raise their hand and, Curly says, you're not going to trick me into it. And he says, uh, okay, hey, Curly, it looks like you're growing hair. And so, of course, he raises his hand, <laughs> goes in, and there's like a scuffle. Um, and, uh, yeah, my notes on these next few scenes are not <laughs> are not like super detailed, so they do kind of jump back and forth between uh, the Globetrotters, Shaggy and Scooby, and uh, the others. Um, yeah. But basically... There's a scuffle and Curly ends up in the suit of armor for some reason. Yeah, I that was quick too. Like it's you know, he jumps into the bed to check on the armor, there's a scuffle and they get like under the covers. Then the other globe is like, We'll help you, and then they start fighting and somehow get a hold of the armor. And that's at that point is apparently that's when Curly's in the armor because they pulled the helmet off. I was like, Curly, how did you get there? He's like, I don't know. I volunteered is what he said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but the thing is the thing is like for like I, I feel like for like half a second you think oh they're gonna reveal who the who the villain was yeah but no um and then and then the globetrotters end up like the bed caves in it's like a trap door yeah and the globetrotters all fall down but luckily they keep their basketballs under their bed so they all land on their basketballs now shaggy meanwhile with shaggy and scooby um i have i have no notes from exactly what happened with them but basically they they go to bed um also oh we missed a thing yeah we missed where the statues came alive oh yeah <laughs> which was kind of an interesting thing too because when the main group passed by the statues like there was just the one statue and an empty pedestal and it wasn't until <laughs> scooby and and shaggy crossed it that there were two statues on there Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, they walk if they're walking around or whatever. And uh <clears throat> and uh yeah, so 
So they're freaking out. I think at one point Shaggy faints because they say, oh, Shaggy must be really tired. He's asleep already. And they yeah. put him to bed and like the the sheet on the top bunk turns into a ghost. Uh, and, uh, and, and there's, there's also like a scene somewhere in here where we see like every single statue is alive and tired, Yep. which I have a theory about that as well, which we're going to have to come back to once we, once we get to the final reveal at the end, uh, or not, or not at the end, actually, that's the other thing. That's the other weird thing yeah. about this episode is, is, is we're almost, we've all, we're almost to the reveal, uh, the mystery reveal. Yeah. The mystery reveal. Um, so Shaggy and Scooby get chased out their window and they're locked out of the well, house. Actually, like I, I wanted to mention, they were like scared by it through the window and they like hit something that causes a wall to, to flip around. Oh yeah, you know? that's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. But the, but when, but the thing is, is that the other, other side is just outside. So <laughs> it's basically the wall just threw them out of the house. And my first thought was like, why would you make a secret door like that? Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Maybe they were planning on expanding the mansion. Maybe. <laughs> but yeah, so anyway, they get yeah, yeah, they get they get trapped outside. Um I don't even remember what happens with Thelma and and Fred and da- and Daphne. I I think they just hear noises and they just start trying to look around they trying start to find around. everyone. Yeah. Um let's see. So the Globetrotters end up there in a in like a creepy library mm-hmm. and they're trying to find a way out, but they they don't want to climb back up into that room because that room is scary. Uh, and and the ceiling's pretty high too. It'd be a little difficult to get back up there. Well, so here's so yes, except for there's bookshelves lining. Yeah, I know lining all the all the things so they could just climb. And there's actually a ladder. Yeah, that goes up the bookshelves. So they they could, but but yeah, no, they don't want to go back into that room where there's a night and stuff and. Some books like levitate and fall on them. Like those books were meant for us. And Curly says, we're not even, and we're not even part of this library. And, yeah, and uh, when I first saw this, I thought the books kind of led it very lazily too. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, I mean, like when they said it was like, those books were meant for us. I'm like, Oh, I guess they were supposed to be like tossed down at them to hurt them. But at the time that when that was happening, that was very, very weirdly not what it looked like was happening. Right. It almost was like, like you could, t- this is how I kind of took it the first time. Cause I wasn't paying very much attention to this scene of those books were meant for us. Like, like we're supposed to read those books. They were given yeah. to us because yeah, they don't land very hard and they don't land anywhere near them either. Like, it's not like they dodge the books. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, maybe that's just the, uh, you know, the, this, uh, interesting animation. Uh, and so basically it looks like, uh, Metal Lark, he's clearly seen an episode of Scooby-Doo, so he starts pulling books because he wants to find the one that is the the fake book that's the switch to get them out of there. Or at least something behind one of those shelves. Yeah, yeah. And they pile them up, and and I think it does eventually do uh, like a trapdoor or something. Yeah, I I think they find like a vent behind a couple of books or something, but they also find like handprints, I think. Yeah, yeah, there's there's handprints. And Bobby Joe, yeah, Bobby Joe finds a way out. That's what it said my note says. Um who uh yeah, is one of the one of the Globetrotters. But they just specifically call him out by name. Yeah, and they follow the yeah, they follow the handprints out. They run into Shaggy and Scoop or Shaggy and Scooby 
they were trying to get back in through a they tried to reach the balcony. Yeah. Oh, and, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's what it was. They they're going to pole vault up to the val- up to the balcony and somebody grabs the in in something that would only ever happen in a cartoon. Somebody <laughs> snatches their their pole from them and they don't realize that they don't have the pole, so they go to pole vault and end up falling into the cellar. Which is uh, like the storm cellar, which is where the which is where the globe charters are. So we all they all get back together, um, and uh, uh, we're trying to get back in. We're trying to find a way out. Blah, 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 blah. And uh, so oh, yeah, oh, I thought I remembered how they found the 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 vent. It was in a clock. Like, oh, that's right. Yeah, he he's like, oh, this he, clock isn't even right, and he sets the clock, and it, the door pops out and like slams him against slams the him wall. against the wall. Yep. And they say, yeah, they say like something like Bobby Joe, you found a way out. And he says, well, I'm not going to find it again. And, uh, and they, yeah. So they follow these handprints. Meanwhile, uh, the rest of the gang is following footprints. They're like, it's behind the hedges. And they lift the hedges and bump heads with each other because so the, so the whole group's back together. Yeah. Um, and then they follow something. I don't know. They follow a trail. That leads them to somewhere and they find the, they find the costume. They find people in costumes, unmask them as the coach, the trainer and the owner of the scorpions. Oh yeah. Yeah. They, they, they saw the floating gloves and, and boots that were making those footprints again, go to like some cabin yeah, in the woods yeah. glowing. And then the, then they go from glowing to actually like kind of just looking like people who covered in, in masks. Yeah, something. yeah. So yeah. I guess like something wore off. Yeah. And then they were like, try, trying to figure out how to get them out. And Scooby and Shaggy were hiding in a tree. And then they block. The, they fall and oh, block yeah. the, the. Yeah, chim- he smokes them out. <laughs> yeah. Blocks the Scooby falls and blocks the chimney. And it, yeah, and it smokes them out. Yeah. So uh, that's when they catch them and reveal who they are. So uh, here's the thing. <laughs> how on how on earth could they have known that that the Globetrotters were going to come to this? We're gonna come on a picnic with Shaggy and Scooby and the and the gang. Like I know I, that they were following from the original shack. That's a good point that you had. Yeah. But what were what were they planning on doing if if they hadn't if they hadn't gone to the island? Were they just gonna creep them out like in that shack in that initial shack? Maybe, maybe, maybe. Because I mean, like the boat seemed to be set up too. Because. Because, you know, like the wheel in the in the downstairs with the machine and stuff like that. So maybe they were actually just planning on somehow getting them to the haunted isle, island in one way or another. Mm. And mm. they just kind of like, well, OK, if they're going to try for Picnic Island, we'll just divert them. Or maybe they have an inside they have an inside man on the Scoobies and with Scoobies <laughs> friends. And uh, that's why they that's why Scooby and Shaggy ran out of gas in the mystery machine in front of the shack. <laughs> Uh, because they knew that if they ran in front, ran in the gas there, then they would invite the. Or I, maybe <laughs> this was a long con all the all the time. They knew that they were friends with the Scooby Doo gang. Exactly, and they and they sent them all the stuff to go to Picnic Island and made sure that when they were driving, that their car <laughs> would break down at the shack, lift the sc- with them, and get them to go with them to Picnic Island. Yeah, it seems very. The point <laughs> is, it seems like a very uh, a very uh, long con. Yeah, they had to. Yes. I mean, I think, I think, I think probably the best, the best explanation is that they were watching them while they were at the shack and they had some sort of plan that would have led them to, to picnic Island. I think you're probably right. Maybe they were going to, maybe they were going to tie them up and kidnap them or something. 
Who, who knows? So the, we find out that the reason that they did all this, which I, which I really like because it did feel like they were just being creepy. Like all the stuff that was happening was just weird, creepy stuff. Now I do have a little bit of a problem with there be, if there were, if there were only three people who were pulling all the hijinks, uh, all of the, all of their account, all of the account, like it, it, you got the sense that like everything in the, in the whole mansion was people in costumes, which makes me wonder if it was like the, if that was the, uh, the scorpions or maybe it was their second stringers. Maybe. Yeah. I know yeah. that at, at least one of the statues, uh, was in their cabin on a pulley system. So I'm guessing it was trying to, Oh, it was robots were like, you know, strings they were pulling, but, Still, they would still need a lot of people to do some of the stuff that they Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and also, yes, like a lot of this was like literally hands floating around. Like, I don't care yeah. what kind of light tricks you have. You can't turn invisible. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, like, it's not like if you put glowing because what they say was like the hands and feet were like had glowing paint on them. It's not like once they start glowing, you miss you can't see everything else. Yeah. Yeah. It was. uh Yeah. Something. So then we get the final act because basically what we, what happens at the end of this is they don't say I would have gotten away with this. If not for those meddling kids, they say it worked because they got the Harlem Globetrotters to stay up all night the night before the big game. And they're, they're just tired. They're are, they're sleeping as the sun comes up, which, (laughs) and then we have this, this last act, which is the most bizarre thing. They they go to the big game. Remember how I said that there was a Harlan Globetrotters TV series? Yeah, yeah. This last act is pretty much just the formula that for those for those TV series. Like as far as like I was looking up and it says like how the show always worked is that in the first half, like the fir- you know the first two quarters, they would somehow be losing either through some cheatery or s- some mm-hmm. tomfoolery or something like that, and they would be losing. Then they would have the you know halftime, come up with some idea that, uh, to turn it all around and co- and win it in the end. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it, what what is basically is what we're gaining is the first half is a Scooby Doo show, and then the second half is a Harlem Globetrotters okay. show. Okay, that makes that actually makes sense because yeah. what I got the sense was that the because it's not quite it's not quite half, but uh, but like they they realized that they had too much. Well, I guess this this could have also been true anyway, but the. Maybe there was a different creative team doing the Harlem Globetrotters stuff and the Scooby-Doo stuff, and they kind of gave too much time to the Harlem Globetrotters stuff because it's wacky. It's wacky. Yes. They show up and they're uh, and they're like asleep. They're like uh, kind of all leaning on each other asleep and and just like standing around for the first half. And the and the game and the score is forty-two to nothing. Yeah, like I think at the the jump uh, the jump off to get the ball like metal arc actually just kind of falls asleep hugging the guy so no one no one grabs it but at first it bounces up but the nice thing is the nice thing is you could have had what they could have done with this is they could have just had them like you know half asleep being asleep wobbling around the court and you know, like drunken master, like you know, falling yeah. asleep, it bounces off his butt and goes in the basketball, uh, the hoop or whatever. But instead, no, they're playing against a competent team. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's forty-two to nothing at the half, and Shaggy gets an idea. Let's put this game on ice or something <laughs> like he says something like that. 
And they're the way that they're waking the the team up is they're just dropping ice down each other's pants for the for the entire second half. And yeah. it's somehow that works. <laughs> and remember how I said like the crowd's kind of flat? I mean by that I mean like there's really no one in the crowd except Scooby get and the gang. Yeah, yeah. And like the announcer. Like I mean there's the other basketball players there, but they never ever actually really show you a very clear shot of the rest of the crowd. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this sequence, like, it's it's hilarious, but it goes on way too long. Yeah. Like, uh, they, because they, they have to get the score, they have to, you know, they have to get 42 points, and they skip, I, I watched it this time, there are three times that they skip numbers. They jump yeah. from, from, I think it's like 10 to 22, and then there's like one in the 20s and one in the 30s. But, like, there are several times where they have, like, an extended, like, it looks like it's a montage because they're, like, the ball's flying around this way and that. And then it goes from 26 to 28. It was, like, <laughs> it was it was at 26 before. Like, you didn't skip any numbers. And it goes all the way up, all the way up until, until they end up uh, at 42 points. Uh, and, uh, and Curly is asleep under a basket. And his snoring causes them to score a basket, the the winning basket, yeah. with at the last second. And they're all tired and hungry, but Scooby has taken all the hot dogs from the hot dog vendor. And, uh, and as he's eating them, he's checking them off on the scoreboard. Yeah, yep, yep. He yeah. He ends up it, the final shot is is Scooby's head next to fifteen. So Scooby eats fifteen hot dogs. That's close to a record, isn't it? Like I think. Well, especially back then. Like wasn't was it for hot dog eating? Like wasn't it in the twenties only recently? Uh, I, I I don't know. Um, but my mom loves watching that, the hot dog eating contest. That every a, year, that so. a, that skinny Asian guy. Well, the thi- I mean, yeah, I don't know what because he wasn't. He also wasn't doing it necessarily within twelve minutes or whatever the official hot dog eating yeah, record is. Good point. <laughs> Let's see, hot dog. I just googled hot dog eating record. Yeah. Um, looks like, oh, wow. It's way more. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> let's see. Just trying to find. Okay. So in 2018, Joey Chestnut broke the world record with uh, 74. Oh, geez. Which it says HDB, which, oh, hot dogs and buns. Yeah. I um, think but- that's part of, <laughs> like I said, my mom loves watching this. So I've heard them like talk about this kind of thing. Where like uh, they're given glass of water, so technically they could dip the bun mm-hmm. and the hot dog in the water, so it kind of helps them not have to chew as much. Because uh, like this is this is weird things that they w- that do for competitive eating kind of things. And like there was actually like a time when they were arguing over whether they should do that or not. So like I can imagine that yes, counting the hot dog buns in a hot dog eating contest might actually be important too. Okay, so and and also untimed. Uh, in 1967, the first Nathan's hot dog eating competition uh, was won. Uh, the contest was held on June 30th and was won by a 400-pound, 32-year-old truck driver. Prize was a trophy proclaiming him the world's champion hot dog eater. He can do, he consumed the hot dogs over a period of one hour flat. Um, and it's not clear if the contest duration was one hour long or if he simply ceased eating on his own after one hour. Um, and, and it's also not, uh, not clear if it was hot dogs and buns or just hot dogs. 
and guess guess how many because he's got an asterisk. He's got the biggest number on the list, but there's a big old asterisk because of that. Guess how guess how many he ate? Uh, I'm guessing if it's a really big number, it's going to be like something like 150. Oh, you're really close. 127. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> wow. Now now you know. Food eating contest is still one of the craziest things that I remember is kind of like a weird holdover in cartoons. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you don't really see that much anymore, do you? Yeah. 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 That's, I mean, not, not, yeah, not so much in cartoons. Definitely. But yeah, let's see. Yeah. It's, it's funny. Cause like the first year it was 127. The next year, uh, it was a three and a half minute contest and the, and the winner ate 14. So it oh. looks like it got yeah, but it's like uh, twelve, ten or ten or ten minutes is what it's been for the last looks like ten years. Prior to that, it was twelve minutes. Um, yeah, yeah, that's enough. That's yeah, that's <laughs> but yeah, like uh, it does look like it does look like most of the like seventies and eighties we were looking at the teens, but okay, um. Yeah, the first the first one that was a twelve minute contest that was over twenty was twenty one in nineteen ninety one. So you may be that that may be what you were thinking of. Um, yeah. And then it looks like in yeah it looks like in two thousand in two thousand one it jumped from twenty five to fifty. Oh wow! So that's pro and that's uh, Takiro Kobayashi. Is he the yeah he's the guy he was like a he was like a running uh like he 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 dominated winning it with like 50 on for a while mm -hmm. or at least somewhere around there. Yeah. It looks like, looks like 2001 through 2006. Yeah. And then that's when Joey chestnut finally beat him and yep. he's been kind of holding it. And then I think it was what, Oh, it looks like around 2011 is when they actually decided to have like a male and female version of mm -hmm. it. Instead of just, just like one type of a uh, competitive eating just group, I guess. Joey's been kind of winning pretty steadily, except for maybe yep. once in 2015. Yeah, man, 74 hot dogs is a lot of hot dogs. Yeah, yeah. See, I mean, it's kind of cool that they, you know, there's because uh, I, like I, like, like I said, from just from the stuff I've read and listened or or saw on TV, like these, this is actual like kind of like a job kind of thing. <laughs> like maybe like a part time, well, like a part time job. They go around to these contests. They right, right. They they go there and they win prize money. Like it's not like it's like you know if you if you were doing like a golf tournament kind of circuit kind of thing. Like you do this to get the money and it's like part of your income. So like these people actually you know train and do stuff like that and they know what to do to do like all this competitive eating. But at the same time. It just makes me think. It was like, well, do they actually like eating these food, or is this just them doing this for the for you know the prize money? Like, how many of these people are just like shoveling these down and barely tasting them or mm -hmm. enjoying it just because the, this is you know, like I said, it's like a job. It's also really bizarre to me. Like Joey Chestnut and Takeru Kobayashi, they're both skinny. Yeah. Like there's there's got to be something going on there as well. Um, I mean, I guess maybe they don't. Maybe they don't eat very much the rest of the time. Yeah, like I, I, I don't know. Like it's either they, they do something to you know make sure that they have the appetite when they when they do the contest, or they actually do like you know a, a lot of physical training to keep you know from being overweight from mm -hmm. eating so much, or to at least keep their bodies 
metabolism up so that they can eat much and not and not have it harm them. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, like seventy four hot dogs, like. How many calories yeah. is that? Like, that's just insane. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, so that's uh, so that's that's Scooby Doo. That's Scooby Doo. Uh, I I really I enjoyed watching this. Uh, it it holds up. It's really weird. It's way weirder than I remembered it being. Uh, yeah. But it holds up better than I thought it would. Like, I, I think a lot of stuff kind of from from this era can be difficult to revisit if only because of it, because it gets slow in the middle and this definitely didn't get slow except for, yeah, except for the very end with the, with there being a few too many baskets, the basketball game got a little slow, but like other than that, I thought it was a pretty, it was pretty fun. what did you think? Yeah. Like I, I thought it was pretty fun too. Like I was kind of, like you said, like I was kind of surprised at how, uh, you know, good it still was of a sense you know mm-hmm. uh like because i mean there's a lot of like old like i love some of the old stuff about scooby-doo just as in in as in a theory or fun to joke about or like look over but to actually have to sit down and watch them sometimes it's not exactly a good thing to have to do mm-hmm. like this, this you know just just some of the the way that the old animation was and 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 uh the way the stories were and stuff like that sometimes it's not not exactly, you know, a good thing to watch, mm-hmm. but a good fun thing to talk about. Yeah, or, I mean, you know, go over. And honestly, the animation was was pretty good in this. I mean, there were there yeah. were a handful of spots where like things were the wrong size and stuff. But I mean, compared with, uh, I watched the first couple episodes of the Flintstones because it's also on Boomerang, and compared with that, like this looked great. Like this, you know. This looked like they had. They were like, "This is a thing that we want to do." Like the Flintstones is just very, very basic, like, like minimal movement and and stuff like that. This like the characters did come across as being alive, even though if yeah. it was, even if it wasn't like, you know, I mean, it's not like it's not like uh, the greatest animation ever, but it, but I mean, it's passable. Mm-hmm. Like you know, it doesn't like. I guess uh, there's a thing where like a lot of Hanna Barbera cartoons all the characters have neckties so that they wouldn't have to animate below the neck. Yeah. Um, and I didn't get, I really didn't get that sense, that sense from this. And um, I also, I watched the first Scooby-Doo where, where are you? And didn't, I, I felt like the animation was fine in that as well. So uh, that's, you know, that's, that's kind of nice that it, you can tell that you can tell that they put something into this. Like when you think yeah. of, cause yeah, just Hanna-Barbera doesn't, isn't very well regarded that you for, know that older for stuff quality and yeah for quality and there's kind of a reason for that too like i mean i think uh, i'd have to look it up because this is like a secondhand story but someone was talking how they interviewed uh one of them had was it joseph hannah and and or barbara and they were talking about them and they said that they had a choice of either ramping up the quality of the cartoons or hiring a bunch of people to do the cartoons and they decided more on hiring the people to do the cartoons because they grew up when the market crashed and during the depression and they knew what it was like not to have a job or not to have anything Mm. and they were very very adamant of giving as much as many jobs like viable paid jobs to people Mm. as long as they possibly could (laughs) i that's interesting because that kind of doesn't make a lot of sense. You would think if no. you had more people working on it, then it, the quality would go up. 
But... Yeah, it's 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 a weird like inverse thing, like where, like I guess it was just that if they if they had a set number of people work on it for a set amount of time, they could get a higher quality. But they had but they would have to do like less episodes and like less groups of people to do to do each, uh-huh. a certain number of things. But if they had a, lots and lots of people churning them out really really quick they could get like a bunch of bunch of episodes that would get them quite you know right, like a decent right. amount of money that they could pay everyone for mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah uh also i mean frankly it's probably not the worst thing in the world that there are a bajillion hanna-barbera cartoons out there you know cartoon network got its start because they could just air a bunch of reruns of hanna-barbera cartoons Yep. And I enjoyed them. I mean, I enjoyed watching this. I've enjoyed watching the Flintstones. I'm sure that the, you know, it cartoons a cartoon, you know, you know, you didn't uh Yeah, like- and um as I've mentioned on uh West McCracken before, Craig McCracken got started on in Hand Barbera Studios. Like back mm-hmm. when it was uh bought by Turner and just before it became Cartoon Network, like him and Gandy Tartavoski were were part of the the Hanna Barbera Studios making those old cart like making like remakes and stuff like that and working yeah, yeah. on that before they started doing their own stuff. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's, and also like, but also at the same time, I think it's, it's kind of okay that some of the stuff has fallen by the wayside, but I do think that I, I, I don't know. I felt like, I felt like this was uh worth, worth revisiting. I think one thing that's nice about Scooby-Doo is the formula. Mm. Um, granted, like the, usually there's, maybe one extra character that you think it might be, but generally there's basically like, there's one other character. There's one guest character in the show and they're the one that did the thing. But, uh, still like, uh, when I was a little kid, like it was kind of, yeah, it made me think, you know, there, there are, they do give clues and there is a, and there is a resolution to the, to the episode as opposed to like, uh, a lot of I, I used to hate uh, Looney Tunes when like just kind of everything was blowing up in their face and they never resolve anything. Like it would stress <laughs> me out so much as a kid. But uh, but yeah, I I, I definitely think uh, you know and these and these movies are you know for it's a forty five minutes so they have it had I felt like it had time to breathe but it also wasn't wasn't too bloated like if this had been a ninety minute movie. There might have been a problem. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, anything else? Uh, anything else you wanted to bring up? Um, not especially. I mean, I still think it's kind of amazing how long Scooby Doo has been going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't really watched like any of this. This like I haven't seen like what they've been doing since uh, what's new? What's new? Scooby Doo and Mystery Inc. And uh-huh. I know Mystery Inc. is one of those weird ones where some people like it because they totally flipped the script and did it a little way different than what they've usually done with things. And then, but some people like hate it because they did that. Uh, but I don't know. Like I've seen some of the movies they've done. It's still kind of fun to, to think that this, that you know Scooby Doo is still a thing that uh, like twenty years from now. Like my grandkids will know will know about because <laughs> because they're, right, they're, right. they're still going to be making them. Well, and it's it's stayed in the zeitgeist. I mean, I mean, honestly, like uh, Looney Tunes is kind of fallen, you know, fallen away. And then like, uh, you know, is Huckleberry Hound is nothing more than a punchline. Like, yeah, well, they 
Huck, well, not Huckleberry Hound, but uh, what was it? Uh, what's the the lion? The lion. Uh, oh, I don't know. Oh, uh, Sourpuss is that his name? Shoot, I I cannot remember what him. The Pink Lion character, like they did a comic with him recently, and they mm. did the the DC oh, comics. Oh, with, um, Snagglepuss. Snagglepuss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they did those DC comics with the Looney Tunes, which I think is kind of amazing and really great because it's the people who grew up watching those things just doing these like weird interpretations mm. kind of thing. Like, and it's I just find it amazing that you know. When you're growing up as a kid, you always had these like ideas, like, "Well, if these two people met or did something like that." Yeah, yeah. And it, and it's just basically like people getting a chance to tell those stories as a kid and refining them to make them like you know good stories to be told, mm-hmm. and not just their their things as a kid, but they're still getting to live like that kid, that you know, kid like glee of t- of joy of mashing these things yeah, together. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the uh, yeah, I, I forgot about DC doing all the all the Hanna Barbera characters. Um, yeah, in there with their crossovers and uh, and just their stuff. I read I read most of the Flintstones one that everybody everybody loved. Oh, yeah, and, and um, that same guy is the guy that did the the Snagglepuss one, um, yeah. which Whoa, apparently was which apparently was like really niche, but still but really well done. And I think the fact that these I think the fact that these characters are so have been so out of the public eye allows for the shenanigans with the comics. I all, I heard that the, I didn't read the Scooby-Doo one that they did, which was like post-apocalyptic Scooby-Doo. Oh, um, and everyone was mad because Scooby speaks in emojis and, uh, Shaggy is a hipster. Uh, I can kind of get like that, why that is because that just feels like them trying basically slapping in the veneer uh-huh. and not giving it depth. But yeah. I mean, without actually reading what it was or what it was like, I couldn't say for sure. Yeah, I mean, I haven't, I mean, it wasn't, you know, I. it wasn't for me, I didn't, I mean, I didn't read it, but it's like, I would never have read a Scooby-Doo comic, I feel like. Yeah. You know, I mean, unless it was like, like, I read the Flintstones one, I would never have read the a Flintstones comic if not for, like, reviewers and it won, like, awards and stuff, like, y- yeah, you know, I'm like- not, so... I mean, you know, maybe I will read the Scooby-Doo thing now that I've done this just to be a contrarian. Yeah. And um, I think one of the latest movies they did was with this, the cast of Supernatural. And I think one of the best things is that they're sticking is that the cast of Scooby-Doo are on the side of the of things being like very classic Scooby-Doo. In other words, like everything for them have always been, um, you know, guys in masks, and yeah. police and things like that. But what this is like when they're with the supernatural game, they find out that what they deal with is real and they're not ready to deal with that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's interesting. I know there also was a, I think it was like a wrestling one. Wasn't yeah. There? With, with WWE. Yeah. So, yeah. So yeah, they're definitely still, it's definitely still a thing. Um, and I do, but I do think that like Scooby-Doo is, is it's, it's current state of, of where it is in the zeitgeist or whatever is is definitely above like a lot of the other Hanna Barbera properties. Like you, you know, yeah, Yogi Bear hasn't yeah. had hasn't had anything in forever. Like they tried what they tried to do a Wacky Racers remake kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's still going on or if it failed or what. It was a that, the, or the. Are you talking about the comic? Maybe the comic. Maybe. Um. There was a yeah. There was a comic. Uh, I think it was. 
what they're doing with these Hanna-Barbera things is just kind of do, giving them six or 12 issues and yeah. then moving on to the next thing. And uh, I heard it's uh, it, it was okay, I think. Yeah. But it's – oh, or the Wacky Racers – no, I was thinking of uh, – uh, one of the characters from Wacky Racers got its own book. There was a, ra- a Wacky Racers that was supposed to be like, uh, uh, what was that movie? Uh, uh, George of the Jungle? No, 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 no. Um, the the movie that's uh, Mad Max. It was, oh. It was Wacky Racers, okay. but Mad Max. Okay, okay. And it, it, it kind of yeah. came out at the same time as the Scooby-Doo post-apocalyptic thing. Uh I don't I don't think any of the reviewers that I listened to their reviews actually read it. So like yeah. it wasn't the most beloved thing in the world. So who knows? Yeah, who knows if it was successful yeah, like, or not. I but think, I think if they want to try and see about like giving a Hanna Barbera thing, they might want to try and do something like the Laugh Olympics, because that was their way of doing like a huge crossover stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean the last time anything did like a multiple of like all things Hanna Barbera honestly that i can think of was harvey birdman attorney yeah. at law yeah like that and that does like the like the card like we were talking about the comics are that was their just like a parody deconstruction that they started doing that just kind of kept going on and i think a movie of uh harvey birdman's coming out soon uh, like just recently there was a uh i it was actually um like I a sunday a night this past Sunday night, uh, as of when we're recording it, so it was probably a week ago, Sunday night, <laughs> there was uh, something. It's on my DVR, but I haven't watched it. Okay. <laughs> um, I better watch it soon because we're canceling cable this week. So, uh, but yeah, uh, I think I think uh, that's that'll probably do it for us. Uh, Jordan, where can people find you? Okay, you can, well, you can actually find me personally on Twitter at, at Dorimingo, like D-O-R-I underscore M-I-N-G-U. But as I mentioned uh, earlier, like I'm on a, working on a podcast called What's McCracken? And we have a Twitter account at Krakencast, that's C-R-A-C-K-E-N, like the last name in McCracken. And we're basically going over cartoons a lot, and we're currently focused with the obstentiously focusing on stuff that Craig McCracken has done working backwards through his catalog. And we're currently looking at uh, wander over yonder. Cool. Cool. Yeah. I can't wait till you get to the, till you get to the good stuff. Uh, <laughs> the, you know, I'm sure the wander over yonder is good, but like, yeah, what wander over yonder has, is kind of one of those things that a lot of people find as being a sad missed opportunity. Mm. Like not all the episodes, but people who watch it in general kind of are like come from that. It's like, wow, that's really good. Why didn't it do so well? Mm. And well, just a lot of bad things kind of went against yeah, them. Yeah, you know, but not I'm, enough I'm, people saw it at the right time. Yeah, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I can't wait till you get to like Dexter's Lab and stuff. <laughs> that's that's uh, you know because it, I don't know. I don't like trying new things. Um. <laughs> So you can find everything I do at KendallCast.ninja. Um, I recently joined the Amazon affiliate program. So uh, for my posts, if you uh, click on the Amazon link uh, at the bottom of the posts on the things, and then you don't have to buy. I suggest things, but you don't have to buy what I suggest as long as you buy something through that link. Uh, I get some percentage. I don't really know. But what I really am hoping is that three people in the next six months do it. 
because then Amazon will let me keep doing it. Oh, so that's my goal for now <laughs> is to hmm. uh, be allowed to still be in the program. Uh, but I also don't want to like talk about it too much because it's annoying <laughs> to talk about money. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so, uh, until next time, uh, which will probably be, we'll probably only do one or two more of these. I, I have, uh, I have, I keep, I keep thinking of new ideas for episodes, but October is only so long. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, oh, yeah. I could say oh. like one suggestion thing to do if you're still hearing this in, uh, October is give, uh, house, the haunting of house Hill or the haunting of Hill house a, a look. If you, if you have Netflix or some kind of access to it. Okay. Cause I mean like that's, let's see there, there was the original house on haunting Hill and then they did like a remake movie and oh was it like 2000 or 2010 time oh i'm, I'm trying to remember because like the original with with uh vincent price is pretty good too but they did the, netflix did a series that was cut with the same name kind of thing and it's it's kind of interesting okay cool yeah always good and i mean i guess you can watch horror things outside of october yeah i've heard of, i've heard of people doing this <laughs> All right. Well, thank yeah. Thanks again, everyone, for listening. Have a good night. Bye. I don't know, but it sounds to me like that wicked man with the bone. Sure, have himself a ball. <laughs> <laughs>